Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady on. Her name is Sharice Trump. She is the executive director of Speech First. It's speechfirst.org is the website. Nice to meet you, Sharice. How are you? Yeah, nice to meet you, too. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. So let's get this out of the way right now. Are you related to Donald or not? I am not, yeah, but it would be it would prove beneficial if I was. Maybe only in some cases, though. <laughs> right, right, that's true. I mean, in some other cases, maybe not. All right, just wanted to get that, that out of the way because I'm going to get a bunch of emails and phone calls asking <laughs> about it. I've never heard of speechfirst.org uh, before today, so fill me in. What is the organization? Yeah, we're a relatively new organization, almost five years old. We're a free speech organization, hence the name, but we, we primarily litigate against universities that violate the free speech rights of students. We also educate students on their legal rights, and we advocate for them when we can by promoting model policies uh, to states that put restrictions on universities or try to make them more pro-free speech. So you went there, so I'm going to go there. Before we get into the Lori Smith story, which is very interesting, um, I have campus reform on every week, and we talk about the nuttiness that's happening on college and university campuses. When there is like a university of or a something state university, it's funded by us, the taxpayers, yet the administration, for some reason, thinks that they can set off little tiny spaces for free speech, free speech zones, and you mm-hmm. can't have free speech anywhere else on campus. When did that happen, and, and is that legal? Yeah, so that's a great question because uh, obviously, like you mentioned, especially public universities, they're taxpayer funded. They're very much beholden to the Constitution because they are an extension of the state. Right. So no, it's absolutely not legal to violation of the student's free speech rights. If a, if a public university has a free speech zone, you definitely have opportunity for a lawsuit there. Uh, however, you know, private universities are going to be a different scenario. So, you know, you can you can sue a private university if they violated your free speech rights after promising that they were going to protect them. So that's a breach of con- contract where you could you know, sue them for neglect in some way or another. But really what we primarily look at is the free speech policies on public universities. Our members will reach out to us, let us know when there's policies that violate their speech rights, such as free speech zones, but yeah. also there's things like harassment policies and things called bias reporting systems where students' speech is actually overtly targeted by these policies. And it is something that is very insidious and the university knows that they're trying to get away with something and that's where we step in and we're like, nope, you don't get to do that. It's uh, Sharice Trump. Go check out her organization, speechfirst.org. Uh, what always jumps out at me is you can wave a an Al-Qaeda flag in the in the public square in a university, but if you wave the American flag, you might offend some people, and and people literally uh, fr- try to shut it down. Or if you say yeah. I'm I'm for you know babies being born, that's right. that's a problem. You can be attacked. You can be vandalized. If you say you're pro-choice, you're suddenly in the in-group. So there isn't free speech unless you agree with them. Right. It's it's free speech for me and not for thee, right? Mm. That's that's usually the case. Yeah, if you're waving an American flag, if you're putting up crosses to represent babies that have been killed through abortion practices, or even if you're waving an Israeli flag, I mean, there's all right. sorts of ways that they're going to try to shut you down. It is very one-sided. Conservative students are usually the ones that are targeted by these policies because it is the liberal students who are going to use those policies against them to shut them down rather than debate them because they don't want to address the main underlying issues in their arguments and the lack of reason. So we do talk a lot with conservative students, but you know, there's also liberal students um, as well who who have told us they want to debate more, they want to discuss these issues more, right. and there's everyone's just censoring right now on campus. They don't want to speak up on both sides of the aisle because they're afraid they're going to be reported by these policies. I find that many students that call themselves liberal or socialist aren't if they get both sides of the story, and that's why we do want lively debate. Even if they don't switch sides, and even if they don't change their perspective, at least they now know where you and I are coming from 
as it is, they're being sheltered from that other side of the world. And that's not very good when you send them out into the public square after they get out. It is uh, Sharice Trump, C-H-E-R-I-S-E is her first name, Trump, uh, executive director of, Spe- of Speech First, speechfirst.org is the website. Lori Smith is, uh, I guess she is somebody who, who creates websites. She's an artist on the web, and she was approached by a gay couple to make their wedding website. And because of her First Amendment right to worship as she sees fit, her religion says, this doesn't really work with how I believe, so I'm not going to be able to do this for you. And this couple easily could have gone to another web designer, but instead, let's make a stink and let's start suing. Did, did I encapsulate it okay? Um, sort of. It's, it's a little bit more complex because what you outlined is very similar to like the Masterpiece Cake Shop issue that yes. we saw um, come out of Colorado as well. There's a Colorado law that basically creates a scenario where private owned companies uh, have to do whatever, basically be all inclusive, regardless of their religious beliefs, regardless of their free expression rights. Right. So in, in the Masterpiece Cake Shop, uh, scenario. It was very much a religious liberty issue because it's exactly what you described. A gay couple came to someone or came to Jack Phillips and asked him to make a cake for their wedding. He said, this goes against my religious beliefs and I'm not going to do this. Right. And then the lawsuits proceeded for years. This is millions of dollars that were spent on this. This is uh, something that, you know, basically put almost put them out of business. So Lori saw this happen when she was in Colorado as a private business owner. She's a digital web creator and she's also a digital artist. So she creates websites for weddings and other things as well. And she knew this was going to be an issue. So she actually went ahead and proceeded with the lawsuit because she knew the Colorado law was going to violate not only her religious liberty, but her free speech rights. As a creator, as someone who's an artist, she should have the right to express her art in however she wants to, right? So I want to make sure I understand. This is very interesting. I didn't realize this. She wasn't approached by a gay couple, but um, uh, took the steps beforehand, before it even gets to that, to say this is illegal because the First Amendment says I can worship as I see fit. That's that's pretty cool. All right, so the the case is in court now. What's happened so far? Yeah, well, so Lori, we went. She went through Colorado, and then she went through the Tenth Circuit, which is where Colorado is located. And both the circuit and the state of Colorado, which is inter- this is a fascinating part here. They both agreed that she has the right to free expression and free speech in her business. But then they also both said that in these scenarios that involve gay couples or gay weddings, she actually doesn't. She has to do what the state says. So both of the rulings in those scenarios said that actually the state gets to compel your speech. And for those who don't know, you know, the First Amendment protects your right to express your viewpoints and your ideas, uh, you know, just as much as it protects your right to not be compelled to say the things that you don't want to say and that you don't agree with. So those are equal part and part for the First Amendment. And the Colorado and the Tenth Circuit both said that, you know, the government essentially could compel her. And this is really disturbing because that would lead us down the path of government approved messaging, right? Especially yes. for these digital web platforms. That's a whole nother battle and a whole nother can of worms. You don't have to open up that now. But it is something that should be talked a lot about because this is what the Supreme Court took up. They took up the free speech angle. So unlike the Masterpiece Cake Shop uh, lawsuit that was focused primarily on religious liberty, even though there was a speech component of it, the they, the Supreme Court on this case is specifically focusing on the free speech angle. And this is really important because it will fundamentally alter how, and, and not necessarily alter, but it will either emphasize or alter how this country looks at free speech when it comes to private owned businesses. And Very that, again, like I mentioned earlier, will 
will continue forward, especially when we're talking about like web platforms. Well, I want to I want to expand upon that a little bit more. Go to uh, speechfirst.org is her website. Executive director of Speech First is Cherise Trump. Um, I want to go down that, that rabbit hole a little bit. So we're not talking about religious liberty here at all. We're talking about free speech in that when she makes the website, she's expressing herself through the First Amendment, even though she's getting her, her walking and talking papers from whoever hired her. But she's right. literally saying, I shouldn't be forced to say these things, do these things uh, in an expressive way because I have the right to say no in the First Amendment. Is that, is that, am I getting it? Yeah. In fact, Lori has even said that she's not refusing service at all to gay couples or gay individuals or anyone who would even go against her religious beliefs, whatever they are. She's actually open. She serves everyone and she's never discriminated um, and she never planned to. Uh, the concern is it's the web content. It's the create the creation aspect. What she's going to create, she does not want to create something that will condone gay marriage, for example. She will definitely like help and provide services wherever she can, yeah. but she does not want to create a message that supports something that she does not believe in. It's uh, Cherise Trump. Go to the website, speechfirst.org. I'm very, very interested by the Constitution. I, I'm somebody who lives by it. I'm a textualist. I believe what it says. So I want to get into this even more. So it, it, by these laws, by this, this compelling people through the government to do mm-hmm. what they don't want to do as far as expression, I can literally say, Lori, you've got to make me a website that says kill all Italian people. Or, or uh, I can I can make a website. I love the Holocaust. Or we can make a website. Uh, I I uh, worship the devil, and there's nothing you can do about it. And, and she's got to make it. I mean, I know those are extreme examples, but would she have to right. actually do it if they if whatever the government is saying now so far um, holds true? Well, that's the dark path that this could lead us down. Yeah. And this is where the primary concern is, right? It's not necessarily that that's what Colorado is saying that it wants her to do. What it's saying right now is that she, by not creating a pro-gay wedding website, she's discriminating. Um, and therefore, any message that she creates would need to go through some sort of approval process to make sure she's not discriminating against these groups of wow. individuals. And so that is something that, yes, right now, it is not to the extent of the examples that you put out. Right. But that's the path that it will lead. To. I mean, like I said before, Orwell does not need to spell this out for us. This is not something that we, you know, you can look around the world and see these examples right now happening in society in places like China and Iran, where there are examples of totalitarian regimes shutting down speech and compelling people to say the things that they don't necessarily believe. And that's what our big concern is here, because in America, we have a very unique uh, constitution, especially we have a very unique uh, free speech clause in our First Amendment. If you look anywhere around the world, even Western countries, Canada and Western Europe, if you look at their free speech clauses in their constitutions, they often will put exceptions to those clauses. They'll say, you know, you have you have the right to free speech, except for in these scenarios. Right. However, in the United States, we did not put any exceptions. We said that Congress shall make no law. And that is where we left it. And so it has been up to the Supreme Court uh, every generation or so to reevaluate and make sure that these laws that we're, that the government's creating, the states are creating, are in line with the First Amendment. It's very, very interesting because, again, it sounds like a rabbit hole, but it's not. Um, if I were to go to somebody who makes halal food or makes food that is, that is um, um, only Muslims can eat it, and I say, I need you to make me this bar mitzvah meal, and it's got to all be, it's got to all be, you know, kosher. You can't compel them to do that. These these ridiculous rulings right. don't supersede 
what the First Amendment says, and you said it so correctly, the, the, the Constitution is not at all a listing of our rights. The Constitution is a restriction of the government that they can't take away our rights. Exactly. Our rights are endowed by God, and then right. uh, if, the, if the, the government wants to take it away, I could just hold up the paper and say, look, look, you can't. Like, shall not be infringed. I don't want to get into the Second Amendment today. Exactly. But, I mean, that's there. It says it, and they keep on infringing it. So at what point, I mean, this, this will get to the Supreme Court. Is it there now? Yes, it is at the Supreme Court. And, and they are taking it up. They've already taken up, they had the oral arguments yesterday, Good. in fact. So that, and you know, it's, we, the Supreme Court, based on some of the questions, I've listened to the oral arguments, and it does seem that there is obviously uh, a tendency to want to support the First Amendment, and that's something that they are thinking very hard about. Yes. Like, and like I said, the fact that the Supreme Court took this up, and they took the free speech angle up specifically, I think is a very good sign, and that, you know, we, we assume that the First Amendment and that free speech in this country is a settled issue. But it is not. We've talked about the issues that we see on college campuses all the time. You can look around. You can close your eyes and point your finger to a university on a map. Guaranteed, they're probably violating students' free speech rights in yes. one way or another with their policies. But when you look at uh, the Supreme Court bringing this case up and taking this on, it is really important because of how, how long it kind of took to get there that the, the courts actually take this into serious consideration. And it will set a very good precedent, I think, for free speech. Speechfirst.org is the website. Her name is Sharice Trump. I'm going to personalize it because, of course, it's all about me. Um, mm -hmm. In what I do, I say anything I want. Now, I can't curse because the FCC does have regulations over the public airwaves. I can do a podcast and curse all day. Um, so so uh, there are certain words that I can't say. But if this were to fail at the Supreme Court, I can see online speech easily going to terrestrial radio speech where my bosses can say, you have to say you like wearing masks today when I don't. Or you have to say that uh, Christianity is no good when, of course, I'm a Christian. I mean, that really could be where we're leading if the Supreme Court were to find that some government agency or government body can regulate how, how and when and where and what we can say or express. Yes, it'll be a very dark day for free speech in this country if they do rule against Lori and they rule in favor of Colorado uh, because of the fact that, like you said, it can open the door for so many more opportunities for states and for federal government to start regulating speech. And we've already seen this pension on the government side to want to do this when it comes to social media, when it comes to using private companies to push uh, propaganda and political messaging and to also hide uh, certain political messages. So this is something that we should be paying very close attention to because it will, again, like I said, if, if they decide to rule in the favor of Colorado, it will be uh, very indicative of the type of lawsuits we're going to see in the next couple of years. I think a lot of people don't realize what you brought up earlier, Sharice, and it's that uh, Canada claims to have the same sort of constitution as we do. There are restrictions on speech, but even more than that, the first thing in their constitution is we can take away all these rights anytime we want. Yeah. And they did that literally with the truckers uh, convoy recently. They took right. away a bunch of people's rights. They, they locked down bank accounts. They arrested people for protesting peacefully. So we have to understand, and I think those watching and listening do because they, they listen my program, but some might not really get this. Our constitution really is just that unique, isn't it? Yes, it is very unique. Again, we are the only country in the world that has not only a First Amendment, but a constitution like ours. And the Bill of Rights is in, is very, very unique. And so this is something, again, that we have to understand as Americans, because I talk to college students all the time, and a big part of the concern is, you know, what is defined as hate speech? Are we allowed to use hate speech? And I said, look, it in this country, 
Hate speech is something that is still protected under the First Amendment. Offensive speech is still something that's protected under the First Amendment because it's not a matter of what you're saying. It's a matter of who's enforcing what on you. Yeah. So if the government wants to outlaw hate speech, if the government wants to outlaw uh, offensive speech, who defines what hate is? Who defines what offensive is? And this is what the Supreme Court has held up time and time again, that hate speech is protected because it's a subjective term that can change. So when, you, when you're looking at that, you're like, okay, well, who's going to enforce uh, you know, uh, stop students from using hate speech against each other. That's the role of society. Yeah. That's where the enforcement comes from culture and society. You're not going to run around using racial slurs because you're going to be ostracized from society. You're going to be um, exiled in certain ways because you won't be accepted into certain groups. But that is not the government acting, right? That is not the government's right. role to do that. Uh, fun fact is, without um, the First Amendment, well, you don't need the First Amendment if we all agreed. And again, if you disagree with me, and right. if I'm somebody who has who's uh, an anti nut job, um, I think that I can call that violent speech, actually, and then do something violent to you. That's not the way that it was put together. The First Amendment is literally there only to protect offensive or disagreeable speech. Um, again, we don't need it if everybody agreed with everything. Why don't people understand that? Because right. again, they, they, they feel like they're tolerant, they feel like they're accepting, they feel like they're, they're they're, they're inclusive, and they're not. They literally are saying, if you don't agree with us, you are violent, you are hateful, you are an outcast, you're Hitler. Uh, they do that constantly. Why don't they get that? Are they not learning this? Well, there's a couple of different reasons, but I love the point you just brought up, which is that if we all agreed on everything, we wouldn't need the First Amendment. Right. The First Amendment is there to protect those who are going to dissent. In fact, the founders recognized that one of the gravest threats to a free society was a government who's going to punish anyone who would question or challenge its authority. Yes. So that is something why that is why the First Amendment is so important. That's why free speech was put in the First Amendment because of one of the main things on the founders' minds when they were starting the country, uh, they did not want to put ourselves in a scenario where we could actually control and regulate things because they understood how bad it could actually get. Uh, listen, great to meet you. Sharice, uh, Sharice Trump, she's the executive director at Speech First. Speechfirst.org is the website. Keep us updated on this story and come back again, would you? Absolutely. Always happy to be on. Thanks, I appreciate Sam. you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you to some inside baseball. Uh, the interview with Sharice Trump was longer than that, so you can watch the entire thing up on Rumble tonight. Let's do pop culture. Yep. Dirty pop. Paul, what's going on? So the coroner's report for actress Anne Hayes has come out, and uh, they've revealed that there was not um, cocaine in her system because initially, I guess, there was a story saying that there was, yeah. but there's not. There wasn't, and that she there was no evidence of her even being impaired at the time of the crash. Whoa. Yeah. That fiery crash which is going like a million miles an hour? Yeah. That's what they're saying. Wow. Incredible. All right, uh, Polo, thank you. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.